Give a fuck about a hater That broke shit get old Ain't gonna give me run no ho shit These ho get too bold I'm allergic to that no shit My wrist game on cold I might pick my coupe white Just to match with my toes Alright everybody Welcome back to the podcast Episode 12 of Blacksplaining This week we have some very very special guests In the building with us To discuss a very very important topic So let's go around Let's get some intros And let's hop right into the content, y'all. Who we got on the podcast this week? Uh, Nandi, I'm on the podcast this week. How y'all doing? Hey, y'all. It's Naila here. Hey, my name is Nala. All right, everybody. Also known as my sisters. Very, very happy to have them on the podcast. Um, this week, I want us to talk about a topic that is especially important to me. You know, especially as I've been, as I've developed the podcast and as I have you know, developed, you know, myself and kind of found my niche and, and stuff like that. Like, uh, just to show you how black of a podcast this is, Nala is sitting here braiding her hair, okay? Because it never stops, all right? <laughs> um, but yeah, y'all, I, it has always been very important to me. You know, I have always had a very close relationship with my family and we, I have always had a close relationship with, you know, the people that I am in community with, friends, you know, other black, you know, professionals that I've networked with, stuff like that. And I think it's very important because, you know, a couple episodes I talked about how, you know, white supremacy has shaped our education and it shaped the way we experience, like, schooling and stuff like that. And one of the things that kept me off the corner, y'all, was, you know, having a strong black family foundation. You know what I mean? So, and I think it extends beyond just having, like, two strong parents in the household and having extended family that were accessible and stuff like that. Like it all boils down to, you know, having, being in community with other people, like feeling supported, you know, feeling like you have a network and stuff like that. So that that's what I want to talk about this week because it has definitely come up because I think a lot of times, you know, especially within being black Americans, especially, you know, we are often like if, if, if one of us were to do something negative right now, it would be like that would be a reflection of the whole black community because, you know, America sees the actions of one black person as the actions of all. So, you know, being in community with people who are like minded and who are, you know, goal oriented and stuff like that, I, I really feel like that has kept me on a good path. So let, let's get into it, y'all. Let's get into it. Like, what are your feelings on, you know, community and collectivism and, you know, how, how, how has that shaped you? How has that, how do you feel like that has really like kind of guided you in your journey? So for me, um, I guess I'll just talk about like work. So I went to a HBCU and I was not like the only black person, even through, you know, uh, elementary, middle school, K-12. So when I get to to, uh, my HBCU, you know, I'm still in a rather, you know, I'm not the only one. I'm with other black people. And so as I graduated and I went into the workforce, I was experiencing being the only one, um, the only black woman. And I've never experienced that before. So when I got to my job, I sought out a community of other black people. So I guess that's one example of it doesn't have to be like family or blood, but it could be, you know, 
a, a community that you can seek out when you're at work. And so they've helped me through a lot, especially that transition from being, you know, amongst other black people to being the only black woman in your department. It's very, uh, what can I say? Uh, triggering. Mm -hmm. It could be exhausting. It could be draining. Isolating. So yeah, isolating. So as a way to kind of help combat that, I sought out other black people, other black women in my, you know, not necessarily in my department, but other areas. Okay, okay, yeah, and I think like because as a, a another, I also y'all because y'all know where I, I work in corporate America, and you know I have recently transitioning transitioned to working fully remote. So um, especially when you're not even physically seeing people, it it, it can be even harder when you're dealing with all white people in the workplace because man like white people like i log in y'all at 8 30 8 29 it's like people waiting to fucking teams message me like y'all don't got no decorum okay <laughs> wait until i log on and i had a can of my mountain dew kickstart because this ain't it y'all like white people really be wanting to like oh hey let's jump right into this pro like wait a minute girl it is 8 30 it is monday i'm still tired like and let's I'm, ease on into this yeah i feel like it i reached out to like my family at work um more so even with like the george floyd what happened i felt like we all needed to come together in that moment mm -hmm. because we weren't getting that support from our other colleagues. So I felt like it was even more essential that I connected with them at work with all the protests going on and just like the biases and not getting the support I needed from my my uh, my director and other departments. So, and you know, we were experiencing that throughout the entire company. So it wasn't just my department of black people who were experiencing it, it was other departments where they weren't getting the support. So yeah. that's where we really came together during that time. So do you think that you were able to uh, keep those relationships beyond, now that you've since left that company, do you, have you been able to maintain those relationships oh, yeah. and taking them to you the next yep. role and pulling in them for support mm -hmm. in your next role? Yep. That's good, because I think like, you know, I have never really, um, like, I've never really had a ton of black people that I worked with, especially because. In the new jobs? No, I think in like one of what I, I worked for a nonprofit a few years back, and there was like, um, and this is when I was still doing like contract work, and there was another girl around my age, like you know, and we were like on the same kind of bullshit, mm -hmm. like you know, she called in sick, so she got All Star Weekend, you know, right. you know, so we we was all on bullshit, so like you know, her and I connected, and we're still like friends on social media and stuff like that, but never like a. Like, we support each other professionally. Like, every, like, I would say all of the black co-workers that I was, like, close with, we was on bullshit together. Like, you know, we weren't necessarily as serious at that time in our careers. Like, you know, now I've got, like, a few years of experience. I'm, like, managing and stuff like that. And, like, when I was in those roles before, I was kind of more, like, in a support capacity. So... You know, I don't think we were as developed, you know, in our careers. And we probably weren't able to provide that support to one another. But it was still very important to have that support in the workplace. Like, one of them, 
when I was working at the other nonprofit, like she put me on one of her friends and I'm like, mm-hmm. and he was cool. Like, you know, he lived in fucking North Dakota. Like this nigga drove 18 hours to see me. Like, you know, like it was, it was cool. Like it was, that's the kind of stuff like in the workplace that makes it enjoyable, especially like when it's all these white people. And like, this was nonprofit social work. So we got all these white saviors in here that are all like that feel like, oh, well, you know, because I'm, I'm doing more for the community than you are like, OK, girl, like you know, type shit. So it was really important to still have those black people in the workplace, you know, despite the fact that we're not necessarily supporting each other in a professional capacity, but just having that support in general, you know, and it's so crazy because like when you know, like black people are down like that, like y'all immediately can like find that connection. You don't even have to say anything. You don't. It, it really is like, and like when I found her, like immediately when I started working there, like a week later, like we had added each other on Instagram. We were Facebook friends, like, you know, and we were immediately like talking to one another and like texting each other like oh I'm so tired of these dang people you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. it's just kind of like that immediate connection and I think like especially because like you know I as a HR administrator I see like a lot of onboarding and stuff like that and white people do not do that like you know they'll connect with one another and they'll be like oh yeah let's throw some touch bases on the count but you could they they never intentionally like try to like reach out to see if like people are comfortable on their team or something you know what mm-hmm. I mean so and I would definitely say that that's usually the difference when I have seen like black leaders on board and into organizations like they're trying to reach out and be like well how's it going you know like how you doing you know what I mean mm-hmm. like you know stuff like mm-hmm. that and I think that like because when I was working prior to this the industry that I was in was manufacturing and so you know we have and manufacturing, there's, like, a lot of no-nonsense, you know, type black people that are, like, right. you know, oh. They've been on a job for years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, they don't give a they fuck, don't, like. They, they not with the, they no, not with the stuff. No, they not with the nonsense whatsoever. So, like, they're very quick to be, like, well, here's what it is and here's how it's going to be type stuff. Mm-hmm. And, like, that kind of support is very crucial because. I would I would get on Teams calls with, like, some of my Teams members who I'm... And I can immediately just, like, let the voice go. And I could be like, all right, y'all, we got a problem. Like, how we gonna mm-hmm. fix this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. And even with, like, work, the workplace, but, like, you all went to PWIs. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we went through K-12, public schools, you know, black, Hispanic, Asian, a very diverse group. So, like, as far as, like, your experiences, Nala, Naila, even Sierra, being at a PWI, being maybe the only black person in class and they looking at you during Black History Month or something comes up, like, y'all got all the answers. So how was that experience um, for you all in finding community that way? Yeah. Well, as we saw, were y'all paying attention last night when we were out? In terms of that guy that me and Lorraine were talking to. Yeah, we saw because we thought he was hitting on Lorraine. Yeah, I was like, hold on now. Until he started talking to you too. And I was like, oh, they probably was Oshkosh. We did. That's that's exactly what happened. That's exactly what it was. Um, So we all knew each other. We all hung out. We all kicked it together. It was, I would say, about a good collective, like 20 of us. And a school. On your campus? On the campus. And of black people in your class? I'm, they wasn't in the oh, class. Okay. It was okay. like spread out amongst the, amongst the, the classes, mm-hmm. but it was about 20 of us. An even smaller bunch of us that graduated. 
So that's true. And you went to a school in in the middle of nowhere. (laughs) Practically in the middle of nowhere. Practically about an hour away from the big city, Mm -hmm. um, from Milwaukee. So that just shows like we we had to seek each other out. As soon as me and Lorraine saw each other, because we were the only no like me and Lorraine met in my sophomore year. Her. I think it was her junior year. Yeah, because she's a year older. So, she and I were one of three black, two or three black girls on our floor. And the other black girl, she didn't, she didn't make it. She didn't, she didn't finish. But she and I immediately, we saw each other. The first time we saw each other, she asked me, I think either one, one of us asked each other, we go on, you want to go get something to eat? And we hurried up and tried to connect because mm-hmm. we were in desperate need of seeing other black, black women. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and women. And, and, and yeah. women, because I, I, I value sisterhood with black women. Um, and we were in desperate need of that. And, and luckily it worked out where we actually liked each other and it was, and, it, and we're still friends today. But going back to my point, we, when we saw the few of us there, we really tried to like at least try to talk and hang out and try to get to know those folks so we could have the that since the community have a little try to make some sort of friend group with with each other because it's it's a difference of like hanging out with white folks and partying with white mm-hmm. folks it's a difference mm-hmm. in type of how they do things and uh just that comfortability mm-hmm. that we were looking for um and it was it was like when you saw him, it was like, whoop. You, it's like you got a beam on. That like, was me and my last Oh, 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 oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then I was, you want oh, coffee? Exactly. We're going to go somewhere to eat. And then, I, then you would take the, oh, well, I haven't seen her since. Let me try to come at this time and see if she's going to be here. So like, next time I know I'm going to get scurry on over to her <laughs> and say something. Yeah. So that's kind of like set uh, the foundation for like the career spaces that I've had mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. This most recent position that I've had is probably um, the first organization where I've had where there's been a big chunk of black folks on the team. And that and we have like a, about it, we have a black ERG and we have a subgroup specifically for black women and to have that connection. Um, and I think that's been really, really beneficial. Um, and that's kind of like what Sierra was saying in terms of letting that guard down and being more free Yourself, yeah. in the conversation and in mm-hmm. the meetings. Yeah. I don't have to... Cold switch. Exactly. Thank you. That's the word. I don't have to cold switch as often. Um, we can be on the, on the, call, on the call and be like... And then, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so that comfortability. And even mm-hmm. with some of the other POCs, not all of them, but some, other, the, some of them, I've been able to build, like, we don't have to... We don't have to do that with each other. We can talk in our in our in our lingo and and it still be a professional right. conversation and we still accomplish things. Mm-hmm. So this is that's something that's really comforting mm-hmm. for me and it makes it it makes it easier to want to go to work. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nala, so you went to for undergrad you went to a PWI and you went to the same PWI for graduate school. So like with Naila <laughs> and you've had like complete like man how is it like how was it for you as well and in your your field in athletic training being the only only one of few um so 
an undergraduate coming from a high school that's predominantly black. Um, undergraduate, I already had in my mindset that I was probably going to be the only one in some of my classes. So navigating through undergraduate wasn't bad because I stayed at home too. So like I didn't have to deal with them. For a long period of time, so like make a difference. basically, I was like, I'm just here to get my degree. I'm not here to make any friends, which I didn't really care about because I'm like, I just want to make it through this school, get my degree, and go home, go to work, and that's it. So undergraduate, even though like sometimes I'll be in class the only one, I really didn't pay attention to that because like I was just focused on just completing my classes and stuff like that. So like, I feel like a lot of the stuff that may have occurred or feelings that may have occurred, I kind of blocked out because like, I was just hyper-focused. And and I was kind of like on my own in undergraduate. Like after class, if I had a break in between, I didn't mind being on my own. Like I'm like, okay, this is time to like do my work. I'll go to the union. And chill, probably watch some YouTube videos, have my earphones on, like literally in my own little world. Um, and like I was in a class with some black students and like we would connect and it would just be that like, oh, I'll ask you on Snapchat, you know, we'll have a chat here and there. But like, I don't know. I just feel like my experience at a PWI was really different because I really wasn't there to make friends. Mm. And that may have sounded bad, but like I honestly was like, this is just a school that I want to just get my degree in yeah. so I can go to the next step. Mm-hmm. But my master's is completely different because um, when I applied, there was a girl that I had class with in undergrad, but we never got to talk. But I was like, oh my gosh, she's a black girl and like she was super pretty. And I'm like, we need to connect. We only did one group assignment. And then after that, like we just really didn't talk. Come to find out she was in the Madness program. Shout out to Jazz. Um, so she's in the same, I know, she's in the same program. And um, like I saw her name on like, hey, welcome to our program. Like you're all the new students, like we're excited to have you. I'm like, oh my God, I'm gonna finally get to meet her. So it was only, it was three black students in the program altogether, the rest were white. Um, it was a black dude that was in the program and he actually went to the same high school that I did. So it was like a nice little reunion. And then, um, Jazz automatically, I get into classroom, I sit down first, and I see her come in, she sat right by me, and I said, oh, here you and she told me, we're gonna be friends, basically, mm-hmm. and like, I was like, you know, I'm down, this That's is good. always, it's always the friends, like, I always had encounters with the friends that just come by me, and they're like, we're gonna be friends, I'm always the one to be like, okay, and like, that's fine, because I'm a shy girl, so, um, so basically, like, my program is hard. Like, it can be very discouraging. But having her and, like, she took the initiative for us to, like, really stay close. And, like, I was going to do that anyway because literally our program is very small with how many black students are in there. Mm-hmm. So having her, like, was a big help. Like, encouragement, support. We were able to vent about 
us being the only ones at our clinical sites mm. because in our field it's still predominantly white and like a lot of our preceptors in the area are white so like um we just had to kind of deal with that and like dealing with just being the only one in a hard program mm-hmm. so just having her and having that sense of the sense of community she was a big help and like literally she's like my first college mm-hmm. friend that I've had and like I'm forever thankful for her and like oh, now we was. I know <laughs> now we about to graduate yeah. and make and make it and like that I'm so happy that I was open and like mm-hmm. just stay connected because of her it's like Mm-hmm. I was able to get through the program. Oh, I hope she hears that. Right, yes. Uh, so shout out, you better listen to this episode, girl. <laughs> the other thing is to, at my job, I sometimes was the only black person on staff. Um, and this is for both jobs that you had, like the internships and the actual regular job. <laughs> Yeah, my internship, I was the only um, black woman on staff. And then for my job, there were periods of time where I was the only black woman on staff as well. Mm-hmm. However, fortunately enough, my job is my baby. Like, even though... Sometimes I had periods where I was the only black person on staff. They never made me feel uncomfortable. And, like, they were very supportive of my journey through. I got that job in high school, so they were so supportive. When I graduated high school, they always checked in on me during undergraduate. And in my master's, like, one of the librarians is always like, Nala, make sure you take you a break. You deserve it. You work so hard. And I'm like, girl, <laughs> thank you. Mm-hmm. Like, thank you for seeing me. Thank you for always checking in. The library director who, um, she recently left to another state, but she is like basically very special to me too because she was so like kind always checking in on me and like that was like my community like they were always are interested in me going through school they were always like proud of me and supporting me if I needed time they were understanding so even though sometimes I was the only black person on staff I was happy that they didn't treat me like I was the only Mm -hmm. black person on staff Mm -hmm. and then of course we ended up getting some more black people on staff so that was helpful um, but so you paved the way. In a sense, I mean, open uh, the door. Open the door. The other girl then left to go to school, <laughs> which is good, good for her. Um, so it's only two of us right now. But like, like I said, where I work, they don't treat, they don't look at your skin color in that sense mm-hmm. and make you feel like, oh, you're the only one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, which I'm very thankful for because they could have really made that situation very uncomfortable because I've already been at jobs that kind of made that, like, known, Mm -hmm. oh, you're the only black person, so we can make this very uncomfortable. But my job has been very supportive, and I'm very appreciative. That's why I stayed that long. It's been almost (laughs) seven years, going through 
high school, undergraduate, and my master's at that job. So, shout out to them. Yeah, shout out to them. Period. That's crazy. <laughs> I can't believe you had that job that long. No, it has been forever. Wow. That's yep. She got some tenure, y'all. Damn. Damn. Okay. You really <laughs> do. You bested, girl. <laughs> I'm saying. I wonder <laughs> if any of like the people who come in like from the community who just use the library, do they recognize you from over the years? I feel like they probably do, but they don't say nothing, you gotcha. know. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's understood. It's <laughs> understood. Yeah, yeah, and like that's that's true. Cause like as a, I also did like the PWI thing, and like my experience was like I had like a. I'm also neurodivergent, so I, it's not easy for me to make friends in general. So you know, I am not the person to like reach out to people or like try to like you know, initiate conversation or anything. So I had a lot of friends that I just knew through other people type shit. And like when I had, cause I didn't, I didn't finish college because I left after, you know, I had this racist incident and, you know, I just decided not to go back mm-hmm. and it had been effect impacting my mental health for a while. So, you know, so as a person who like, you know, and the, and the other thing was is that, like, I was also kind of just, like, on my own in, in general. You know, like, I never really, I, for some reason, I had always, I, I always had friends that were always like, well, Sierra, like, maybe you should just, like, maybe, like, I don't understand what you have this disdain for white people for. Like, you know, I always had friends that were always trying to bridge, you know, uh-huh. make a bridge. And I'm like, well, man, I'm not walking on that have bridge. To come like, together. That's not happening. Like, I, I don't know why, but so that, that would always be annoying. And thankfully, like, you know, with, like, my home life, you know, like, I have my parents understood that, you know, I, I didn't really want to be hanging out with white people. I didn't want to be aligned with white people like that. You know, I, it, I did where it was necessary. Like, I had a, for the most part, I did not have roommates in college. But, you know, the the cumulative total of a month and a half <laughs> where I did have a roommate, they were white. So, you know, like, we, we got to find some type of common ground or whatever. But, yeah. So, I would say, like, it definitely, and from within the home, like, you know, I, my, our, my parents were not the type to have white friends. They were not trying to get us to hang out with white people or like see white people's perspective or anything like that. Like my create my parents really created a safe space, you know, so that we never felt, you know, like outsiders in our own home. Like, you know, they're not bringing white people around us. They're not forcing us to hang out with white people. And like, I, I would say like my mom had a close white friend for a while that she worked with. And, you know, she had this house on a lake. And I can remember, like, going out to that house on the lake and, you know, she's letting us play in her massive backyard. We we in the, or not a lake, I think it was a pond, but it was pretty big. And, like, they, they had the little paddle boats and stuff. You know, it was, yeah, it was nice. And that is the only white person my mother has ever brought us around. And, you know, it was because, like, she was very intentional, you know? Like, she would, she, she, she had stuff that we were interested in, you know, we were kids, but, you know, we were also, like, black children mm-hmm. and who, who go to an inner city high school, like, you know, it's crowded. This space, 
this, you know, this peace out here on this private body of water, it was appreciated. Like, it was so peaceful, you know, to be able to go out here instead of having to go down the damn uh, Lakeshore Beach. <laughs> All these Negroes. <laughs> so, it was just, yeah. So, y'all, yeah, I think, like, and, and that's where it starts. Like, the within the home and within your own family, that's where community starts. Especially when, like, the people within your home, like, we have parents that are also a part of a larger community. You know, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we are, uh, my sister and I are the children of two oldest children. You know, so my mom is a caretaker and my dad is a caretaker. So, you know, we saw how my parents sewed into everybody in their lives, whether that was their friends who also had children or, you know, because my mom had, I remember one, my mom had a, uh, an administrative assistant, you know, when she was doing um, the GED program, Nandi, and she had a, a small child of her own, and she had gotten sick, and, you know, my mom had given her tons of time off, and I remember going through our house and, like, donating stuff so that she could set up a home, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. like, small appliances, plates, and, you know, dining sets and stuff, we went down and we bought like packs. So I, I remember going to like the, the store with my dad and we bought her packs of water and, you know, packs of food, you know, stuff that lasts a long time. So you don't have to worry about leaving the house. So I think that is also where community starts. Like we had two very good examples of what it means to, you know, so pour into your community. Like, you know, I think that's very important because a lot of the times, like I think especially with like how, cause you know, everybody and their mama got a podcast and everybody and their mama <laughs> always talking about some, well, you know, women got to do this and men got to do this. But I think, you know, especially because I think a lot of times these these black relationship podcasts are only upholding the white imperialist patriarchy <laughs> that serves absolutely mm-hmm. no one. And the reason that especially like when you think about traditional African culture that it thrived and it, you know, it was so resilient is, is that it was based on the community. development of the community. Like, nobody was sitting here being like, well, I, I'm not going to cook or I'm not going to clean because it's not my role. No, everybody does everything. Exactly. They play off of their strengths. Exactly. So what you can do best, what can you bring? I'm not, I hate saying it. What can you bring to the table in terms <laughs> We get it. We get of, it. We get it. <laughs> it's not in terms of dynamic of female and male. Yes. talk about your exactly. role in this community. Community. So if family. you are better at child rearing, man or female, that's what you're going to do. Uh-huh. If you're better at preparing and preserving those foods after it's been brought into the community, uh-huh. that's your role. Exactly. Because we don't want, if you are a man and you suck at shooting deer or antelope or whatever, <laughs> what, point does, what difference does it make if you're a man, man. or not? If you, you, you're not you keep missing eggs. Exactly. We, we, ain't, we don't need we you out ain't there. eating. So whoever has the bigger, you scared off all the antelope and shit. Exactly. You got big ass feet. They can hear you running through the forest. Like, nigga, go cook something. Exactly. So whoever has the best skill set for the job that needs to be done. Exactly. That's how it got done. Yeah. And I think like within community, because like I would definitely say, because like. Every every single solitary man in our family can cook just as good as a man. Oh yeah, I agree. I never, agree. Yeah, yeah. Even in 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 our household, I never saw there were no gender no. roles where the woman stays home or this and Not and, at and, all. and my, the one the the woman cooks this. I saw my parents doing both, exactly. And I exactly. saw my dad helping my mother, 
if my mom was was working and she's working late hours my dad is making sure that she has something to eat yeah. when she comes home from work. Same. And and vice versa. If my, my dad is working late, my mom, you know, mm-hmm. makes sure that there's a, a meal prepared. I've seen my dad clean. I've seen my, da- my dad cook. So it's like anything that to, to help each other. Yeah. Or family. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. This like, plays off of the needs of that is. moment. Right. You're shifting needs. And then also stepping up in times where... You need you know, to. When, when you need to. So maybe your partner's feeling ill or mm-hmm. they ain't dealing with some stuff outside of work or with mm-hmm. their parents or yeah. their extended family. So stepping up or in the instance for specifically for us when our mom was in grad school. So yeah. stepping up mm-hmm. and take picking up that slack while they're doing that mm-hmm. because that's the partnership. Absolutely. And I because I, I can remember like, you know, my dad is like a my, my dad is he's from the south, you know, and he's got some traditional values, but oh, you know, same. my but dad too. I but I I never remember a time when my dad was ever like, "Oh, I'm not doing that because men don't do that." Exactly. Right, exactly. Because mom can't do it, but even exactly. Yeah. And I and and he might have did it like differently than her cuz like when I remember cuz when my mom was in grad school, Naila was older, but I was like 4 or 5. So, like, I needed help doing, like, some of the bigger things, like, ironing my clothes or, like, picking out an outfit or something. And, like, I remember my dad, the outfits he picked out, y'all. I was out here looking crazy, okay? <laughs> my dad had me out here in black Air Forces oh, with the jeans with the crease in them, with the dang white oh, polo man, shirt on. Oh, exaggerating. <laughs> you are exaggerating. And then my dad, because he did this on YouTube, we had the two puffs. We had no white Air, no black Air Force. Yeah. Well, we, well, we, maybe it was the I black said, keep it real. Keep we it real. Didn't know what Air Force was until we well, got to high. My bad. It was the black K-Swiss. You oh, know. The black yeah. And we had the two dang Afro puffs. You know, that that was it. That's that's how my dad did it. And it, we still, we looked yeah. clean. We were yeah. clean. We were presentable. You know, we were. We were yeah. But like, that reminds the, me of, of our, our father, me and Nala. So like, there was one point where my my dad worked second shift, my mom worked first shift. Mm-hmm. So my dad was the one that had to help us get prepared for school. He he would do our hair, like my uh, me and Nala's hair. He would make sure that we had our clothes picked out mm-hmm. because my mom was at work. So yeah. again, you know, being able to kind of pick up the slack. Yeah, and that's the thing, like. You know, with that, like, I would also say that, like, you know, that extended further into, you know, the extended community that we have. Like, not only are my parents, our parents going above and beyond for us, like, you know, making sure that their family is taken care of to the best of their ability. They're doing it for the other people that they care about. Like, you know, the administrative assistant that my mom had, you know, my dad's side of the family had a lot of small children very, very early on. So, like, when we were maybe teens a lot of our cousins had babies and you know my my dad would be like at the family reunions i remember one time my dad broke a chair because he was trying to catch this baby falling off of a table because wasn't nobody looking at his ass like you know my that, that was my dad like so he he was always the one that was like looking out or like you know one the, the kids would be out crying or something in the field mm-hmm. because they can't play with the big kids my daddy going in and getting them getting them some water or some juice you know just mm-hmm. that kind of thing and i think like when it comes to community because like a lot of the reason that i think a lot of times where you have situations where 
people are like raising kids on their own or something like that it's not because like single parents are the devil or anything like that it is because like children typically do best when they can see like a lot of different representations of what it means to be a person you know because i wouldn't necessarily say everything that i am is just a combination of my parents right. it's some of their friends yeah it's some of you know mm-hmm. our extended Co-work, family members yeah. some of the people Probably. that i met in school yep. like Classmate. you know I, I i think we children <clears throat> thrive when they just get to see a really good variation of how you can you know be as a person because like i may not like you know i'm i'm there i'm not like you know uh, i would say either of my parents like i would say that like my parents are very like regimented they're very easily focused and they're very like we're gonna get stuff and i was not like that i'm an airhead y'all like i i be forgetting stuff i it takes me like three or four times to really get started and to like get something done like so and, like, I saw, you know, especially within my friends and, then like, people that I worked with, I'm like, oh, there are people who are successful and who are, like, kind of like me. Like, you know, and that was because my parents had us around other people and, like, within communities playing with other children and stuff like that. And it was easy for me to, like, you know, find ways to feel accepted or to mm-hmm. feel seen or to feel represented or something like that. And that's why community is so important. I think people start to feel isolated when, like, they just don't have... Because, like, I, I also have friends who have, like, you know, toxic relationships with their parents. And, you know, they... The, the, the thing that really allows them to feel, you know, good and, like, you know, really comforted is, like, you know, they are able to make friends who have that empathy for them mm-hmm. or, you know, can feel connected to them. Like, you know, my best friend in the entire world does not have the best relationship with his parents. So when he comes into town and he's around my family, he feels so good because Yeah, he fit right here. Yeah. Right my my family has never mm-hmm. my family is all our family or not my family. Our family has always done a very good job of being welcoming mm-hmm. to people. Oh, and, yeah. you know, despite differences in opinion or whatever the case may be, they're they're always doing a good job. We have grandparents that literally feed the, the community. community. Like, mm-hmm. you know, so that I and I think that's good too cuz like cuz when we talk about like the home base of community like people who don't even know us will know our grandparents and then like they saved my life you know kind of thing like whether it's just like you know some cases of soda some loaves of bread and some lunch meat so I can feed my kids or it's like your grandparents took time out of their day they stopped and they prayed with me like that kind of stuff and I think that like you know community is um not just like community and faith or community and you know shared experiences but just like community and like we're taking care of each other yeah mm-hmm. and even um kim shout out to kim our our uh, esthetician and and uh she said that she modeled her the way she wanted to run her business mm-hmm. from our grandparents as entrepreneurs so like you said like it's not just yeah in the home you know, our grandparents, they were able to inspire other business owners or young mm-hmm. entrepreneurs to see, <clears throat> to make sure they know how to run their own business. Yeah, honestly. And I think, like, to kind of bring it full circle, I think a lot of times that, like, 
you know, in the in this podcast revolution where everybody just talking out the side of their damn ass. Like, <laughs> I think not, the, not <laughs> no, no, the side of their ass crack, y'all. I think a lot of times, like, you know, stuff is so controversial, especially when it comes to relationships and families and expectations. It's, it's that you forget that there's going to be a little bit of community in all of that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when, uh, when you have children, especially, you know, your kids are not going to be in your face 24 hours a day, 365, mm-hmm. especially once they grow up. Like, they're going to be within a community, whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. And, like, your style of raising kids might conflict with your partner's style of raising kids, but that's because, like, they grew up differently. You know what I mean? And, like, respect for different experiences is also a part of that community. Like, you know, there is no way in hell. Because, like, I was, I was watching something earlier and, like, this guy is like, oh, well, you know, uh, he was saying that, like, you know, he shouldn't be expected to do certain things because he, he like, because he was making the assumption that she didn't know how to do certain things. So he's like, oh, well, can you change a tire? And she's like, yep. And he's like, well, uh, could you fight if an intruder broke in? She's like, absolutely. <laughs> and, like, it's just like, yeah, what, what do you mean? Uh, what are you talking about? What? And that, that's the other oh, thing. What? I think black people need to be free from hypotheticals. But, like, the, <laughs> Yeah, can we, we say folk is a reality, please? But I, I think the, like, one of the good takeaways that I got from that interview was just, like, you know, for the most part, like, People are going to participate the way that they have been shown how to participate or brought up or brought up. Like it's not about roles and it's not about expectations. And when you're operating within people who have good community, like men are always shocked that I know how to change a tire or I know how to check my own oil or something like that. And that's because that's how I was raised. Like you, you don't, you're, you're raised to take care of yourself and others. And that's the, that's, that's the point that people forget. Like these, skills are not like I, I don't think my parents raised a like good wives you know I think they raised good people you know like if we needed like to yeah, yeah like we if we needed Poetic to snap. <laughs> right. if we needed to take care of our parents we could do that the same way if we needed to take care of a child we could do that or if we needed to take care of ailing family or church members or something we could do that because of a variety of skills we were given being raised like not because you know our parents were like well you're a girl so you gotta wear pretty dresses and and learn how to control your mouth they were like no because you're a person and you're gonna be a person in the world so you know you need to know how to take care of yourself and others Mm -hmm. like that's that's the difference Mm -hmm. And, I, and, and, and at the end of the day, like, that's how you pour into the community. Amen. Like, with having, like, a, a variety of skills and mm-hmm. having a variety of experiences and, and not just being like, well, I'm going to be the best wife. No, I don't, I don't care to just be, you know, good to somebody's raggedy son. I want my <laughs> community to be served and fed yeah. and tended to. You know what I mean? And that's, honestly, that's what makes good partners. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. my, our parents... They raised us together, you know. Yeah. We were we were not just on an island. No, we weren't. You know, so now not only are we, you know, good to each other, mm-hmm. you know, we we would be good to anybody that we encountered because we we were raised in that kind of community. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that's I, I really think that that's the, the, the thing that's very important here. Amen. 
So until next week, you know, special thanks to everybody that came on today. Thanks for having us here. We had a good old time. Absolutely. It was fun. Absolutely. And y'all know what the fuck it is. Until next week, until next episode, what what is it, y'all? What I say every week? Namaste. (laughs) 